Ephesians chapter 1. So in the last of verse number 7, we see that according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us, in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure with he, which He has purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. So as we think about this, really we'd just like to try to concentrate on verse number 10 and number 11. So... All of God's workings, I believe you could say that all of God's workings is to bring unity back according to what He says here, that He might gather in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. So He's going to be the reuniter. He's going to bring everything together. You know, I believe we could see this in maybe several different lights, but let's think about Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16 and following. So Jesus, the Father the Son, the Holy Spirit. Verse number 16. Let's look at Christ. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. We have that same statement in the the book of John, chapter 1, that all things were made by Him and there was not anything, nothing was made. There was nothing made that was made without Him. So, He brought everything into being. And He is before all things and by Him all things consist. So He was pre-existent before the creation of the world. He was the one that brought everything in. And by Him, all things hold together. He didn't start. He didn't start the creation. He didn't start the world. He didn't start me. He didn't start you and turn it over to creation or uh, nature to bring it about. This is not dominoes. He is hands-on every day. Hands-on every day. If He wasn't hands-on, where would we be today? If He started it and left it up to nature, (laughs) no, but you listen to what the Bible said. He is before. He is the pre-existent One. And before Him... He is before all things, and by Him, by Him, all things consist. All things hold together. All things are unified. All things are sustained. All things are in order. All things continue. All things are stable. All things continue. And all things are maintained by His consistent involvement in everything. He says in Acts... Chapter 17, I believe. Paul says to the people there at Athens, at Mars Hill, 
For in Him we live and we move and we have our being. We are because of Him. And that's ongoing. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 3, he says this, "...who being the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, and upholding all things..." Now know this, the two verses above this, creation. He's talking about bringing creation, bringing about the existence of all things. So, He brought about creation. He made the worlds according to Hebrews chapter, verse number 2. Hebrews verse number 3, chapter 1, "...who being the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person..." and upholding all things by the word of His power. <laughs> we're, we're here today because He's upholding it. We're here today because it's all in His hand. If it wasn't for Him, we would be unexistent. We would be dead today. We never would have been, and we wouldn't have started... And if he took his hand off... Now, notice this. Notice in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, "...and upholdeth all things." Who's feeding the birds? Who's keeping the sun? Who, who, who keeps the earth in its orbit? How critical is it that it doesn't get out of kilter? How critical that it doesn't degree, uh, uh, vary by one degree? Who's keeping time as we count time? How is it that we can keep time so consistently? He's upholding it all. So, what, what, what's the end? That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one. That word means this, to sum up under one head. Back to Colossians. Chapter 1, verse number 19. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. You know why He's going to get all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Everything consists by Him. We live and move and have our being in Him. He upholdeth all things by the word of His power. There is absolutely nothing going on in this world, in the world above, or in the world below, that is not by His hand. So everything is for His glory. And in the fullness of time, and I don't know when that fullness of time is. You know, I don't, I don't believe that there was a knowledge of the fullness of time when it would be that Jesus would be born in the world. But we do read this, in the fullness of time, God brought forth His Son born of a woman, didn't He? Was that in the plan of God? What Was that... Was that something that was determined before the foundation of the world? So, if that was determined before the foundation of the world, all that led up to that time, was that in the plan as well? Was that under the hand of God as well? Was there anything left to chance? There is no such thing as chance. It may look that way from the human and the natural eye, but there is no such thing as chance. We're talking about a God who is in control of all things. All things consist. He upholdeth all things by the word of His power. In Him we live and move and have our being. Do you know something? You are never and have never ever been free from God. I make my own decisions. 
I don't say that you don't make decisions. You make decisions. I believe you make decisions. We make decisions every day. But are we out from under the hand of God in making those decisions? Is He influential in us making those decisions? As our brother said earlier about being saved, how, how did that come about with man hating God, man hating God's rule, man not desiring the things of God? How is it that a man could be saved? Well, man decided to believe. Well, I wonder what might have been before that decision to believe. Was there a cause? You better believe there was a cause. So let's think just a little about this bringing all things that in the dispensation of the fullness of time He might gather together in one all things. So in this book of Ephesians... Paul is going to bring the Jews and the Gentiles together in this book, isn't he? he he's, he's going to show us that in Christ, there is no more Jew, no more Gentile. That we're one in Christ Jesus. That union. So listen to verse number 21. Chapter 1, verse 21. Far above all principality and power and and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So verse 20, which he wrought. What did he do? The working of his mighty power. You know, here's some more wonderful. Here's another one of those according to. I tell you, he is bringing everything to pass. Listen to uh, chapter number 2, verse number 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments uh, contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain, of two, one new man, so making peace. Verse number 15 in chapter 3. Paul says in 14, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He's the head. It's all going to be summed up in Him. Heaven and earth. That's the only way. You know what He is? He's the head of the church. He's the head of the church. He gave Him to be head over all things, which is the church. He says to us in Colossians, I believe. Verse number 20, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking on the same thing. And having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him, to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether they be things in heaven, in earth, or things in heaven. And you might say, well, what about all the things in heaven? What about God the Father, God the Son? What about the angels? What about the four beasts? What about the four and twenty-four elders, or four and twenty elders? He's going to bring all of that together. When we read to you this morning out of the book of the Revelation, what, what, who, who was praising the Lamb for taking the book out of the hand of Him that sat on the throne? All of heaven. All of the host of heaven. The four and twenty elders. The four beasts. The angels. Thousands upon thousands times ten thousands were praising His name. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise is going to come the unity. Now, don't forget God the Father and the, God the Holy Spirit. Through the work of the Son, through the love of the Father, through the choosing before the foundation of the world of the Father, through the work of the Holy Spirit and bringing you unto salvation, Jesus Christ is going to unify 
all that is in the heavens and the earth. And the praise and the honor and the glory is going to be to Him. And as He, as he says to us in the, uh, the book of the Revelation in chapter number 21, He talks about this, that all... And he showed me the bride. He showed me the lamb's wife, the bride, and carried me away by the Spirit and the great and high mountain and shewed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a light of unto a stone, most precious, even a jasper stone, clear, clear, clear as crystal. What's what's John seeing there? I tell you, he's seeing the church, that that God has brought together through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, in the fullness, in the fullness of time, in the dispensation of the fullness of times. He might gather together in one to sum up under one head, unified, order. You know, there's a lot of chaos today. How can I come to God? How can I be in union with God? How can I be in unity with God? Through Jesus Christ the Son. We, uh, he t- tells us in chapter number 1 and verse number 4, he says this, according as He has chosen us and Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. How in the world could I love God and how could God love me? Through the union that we're brought into through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And He is going to bring all things having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure which He has purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. So what's going to bring about this union? I tell you, it's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. In uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, he says this, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other, above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things (coughs) under the earth. Now that that is under the earth is not going to come in unity, is it? That that is under the earth, that that is in the region of the damned, that's not going to come in unity with God, is it? Isn't that going to be separated from God? Isn't that going to be suffering the wrath of God? Isn't that going to be cast into the region of the damned? Isn't that going to be cast into the bottomless pit where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth? But that that is on heaven and earth, and know this, that union is all centered on the union that we have with Christ Jesus. In whom, verse 11... In whom also, not only is there going to be unity, not only is heaven and earth going to come together in Christ, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. This is a verse that's beyond my comprehension. I tell you what a verse that it is. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. So you and I have an inheritance in Christ. Because of Him. What is my inheritance? Well, I say this, that I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You know what He did in verse number 5? 
He predestined that we would be adopted into the family of God. We would be set, we would be placed as sons. We would have an inheritance that was equal. We're not going to get a share of, we're not going to get a portion of, we're not like the firstborn that gets a double portion. We're going to get an equal share. You're not going to get more. I realize there may be doctrines around today about rewards and we're going to get more because of this or that or the other. But by the Word of God, you know what He did? Through the adoption, He has made us, He has placed us as sons. We have an inheritance. I'd like for you to think about this word, how it says it. In whom we have obtained an inheritance. You look it up in your Bible, in your Strong's, in your Concordance. And we have an inheritance by lot. Now that sounds a little crazy maybe. We have an inheritance assigned by lot. An inheritance by lot. So now think about that. What do I have in the bringing forth or the finish of the lot? What influence do I have? So that's a casting. A casting forth. I believe we could see rolling dice. Okay? So think with me on this verse. Proverbs chapter 33. Proverbs chapter 16. Verse 33, I guess it is. Now you might think this doesn't matter. But he's saying we've got an inheritance by lot. I tell you the first thing that says to me, I've got nothing to do with it. That's the first thing that it says to me. Do you know that when Joshua divided Canaan's land, do you know how they divided that? By lot. They divided that by lot. It means this. Let me read 16.33. Proverbs 16.33. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. So here's the picture. Let's say, let's say that we've got the nine tribes or the nine and a half tribes that are going to get an inheritance on the west side of Canaan. So we put every man's name on a piece of wood. And what did they do? They held out an apron or they held out the garment. And every one cast their dice, cast their lot, cast that little block of wood, that stone, whatever it was, that man, Joshua, most likely was had the garment, Joshua pulled his garment up and made a fold in it. And every one of those tribes cast their stone, cast their lot, cast their piece of wood, cast their name into the lap of, of Joshua's garment. So maybe Caleb pulls the first lot out. And it is a portion that's maybe down by the sea. Who determined that lot? God determined that lot. So I want us to get a picture of this verse. Proverbs 16.33 The lot is cast into the lap. The fold of the garment is what that means. The lot is cast into the fold of the garment. But the whole disposing, every decision, the judgment, that that is to come is of the Lord. You see that? How did we get an inheritance? It was by lot. It wasn't me that chose it. It wasn't you that chose it. It was by God's choice. 
So Caleb's going to pull out the tribe of Benjamin out of the lap of Joshua, out of his garment that's folded, and he's going to pull out that little block, that little stone that's got Benjamin's name wrote on it. Do you know what that first lot's going to be? That first lot has already been determined. What lot? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine and a half lots. They have already been determined. And when when Caleb pulls Benjamin's lot out, he gets lot number one. Who determined that Benjamin's lot would be number one? God did. Who determined your lot? Who determined your inheritance? We have an inheritance by lot. So we might say, by chance. <laughs> no. No, every lap, every lot is cast into the lap. But the decision, the end, what becomes of it is of the Lord. Do you see that? Do you see that there is no chance? Do you see this more importantly than that? That there is no man involved in this. This is by the will and the purpose of God. Let me read the verse again with that in mind, with what I've just told you about the lot, that we have received an inheritance, we have obtained an inheritance, and you might not think I'm telling you the truth, but you go look that up. And that little phrase will be an assignment assigned by lot. So, we have an inheritance by lot. Being predestinated, so foreordained or predetermined according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. So I say this, who can work all things after the counsel of His will. Can you make everything work after the counsel of your will? I mean, here's Anthony on the job tomorrow. Maybe there's only him and two other men. Can he make everything work according to the counsel of his will? But God can. God worketh all things. God brings all things, and it's not by chance. We, I realize this, we received an inheritance by lot. Who's in charge of the lot? The Lord is. The Lord's in charge of the lot. The lot is cast into the lap. But every decision, every judgment, every end, everything that to become is by the Lord. Every decision is of the Lord. Listen to Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. I know we've already alluded to this before, but here it is again. It's the same thing. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 29. So now listen to verse 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but rather are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear Him which is able to destroy both body and soul, both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Is he really that much in control? He's in control of the animals. He's in control of the weather. He's in control of the plant life. He's in control of the solar system. He's in control of man. He's in control of the water. Everything that there is, He is in control of it. And the Bible will back that up through the Psalms and the Proverbs and the book of Job and through the book of Matthew. Are you not more valuable than many sparrows? God Almighty is the one in control and you have received an inheritance in the the kingdom of God because of God. Not because of chance. Not because you did something. Not because of the work that you did. But it is worked out by the work of Him that worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. 
I did not say that you didn't make any decisions. And God did not work in you against your will. If you're saved, are you saved against your will? Huh? <laughs> 29 and 30, but the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, are you? You are more valuable than many sparrows. We have received an inheritance in the Lord Jesus by lot that says to me first and foremost that man had no input. You may cast your dice. You may cast the lot. Just like those nine and a half tribes might have cast the lot into the lap or into the garment of Joshua. When the first lot was pulled out, it was already predetermined what that inheritance would be. Who's in charge of the lot? One more time. The Lord. The Lord. But every... Did you notice that? Would you, would you, would you believe this? Would you believe? The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing, every decision, every judgment, there is no chance, but it is the providence of God. The providence of God is the one bringing about the end result. Maybe you don't think too much of that or you don't excite you or don't uh, stir you up. <laughs> but I tell you, thank God that it's not by chance, but it's by the hand of God. Every decision is of the Lord. So let's just walk through this verse. In whom we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated. So we have an inheritance according to the predetermined, according to the preordination. Who ordained this? Who ordained that I would have an inheritance? You might say, well, that's according to me. Not according to my Bible, it's not according to you. According to my Bible, it was a choice that God made. It was a predestination of God to appoint you and to bring you in and adopt you and to set you as a son. It was all for the praise of His glory. I am brought into the family of God through and by the offering and by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But know this now. Don't mix those two up. I come to be saved in time. The choice of God was before the foundation of the world. The predestination to bring me into being a son of God was before the foundation of the world. We'll get to the time part here in just a, in, in a, a few more verses. Not tonight, but listen to this. That in the that who also, we have obtained an inheritance in Christ. I have an inheritance. Now, don't think, don't think that this is some, uh, this is some uh, 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 group or some clique. I tell you, this begins with you as an individual. I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm saved by the appointment of God. I'm saved by the predetermination of God. I'm saved, ladies and gentlemen, because of the work of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Now, I come to know that in time. For me individually, I come to know that in 1983. When did God know that? When did God know I was going to have an inheritance? Just walk through the verse with me. Being predestinated, foreordained. You know, I thought about this this afternoon. Today, I guess it's, I mean, it's not for me, but for a lot of people, they order their groceries. I think Beth does. They order their groceries online and go pick them up. What do you expect to have in your buggy when you get there? 
what you pre-ordered. What's God doing? Amen, I believe it. I believe that's exactly what He's doing. And now listen, is God going to have to change? Well, you know, we don't have, uh, we don't have Peter Pan. We'll give you Jeff instead. <laughs> there is no running out with God. I'll tell you what God pre-orders is exactly what's going to happen. There is no changing with God. God does not fail to come through with what He planned. God's plan has not been changed. There has not been a modification. There's not been a, a, a rescheduling. There's not been anything changed in the plan of God. His plan is clicking along just exactly like it was ordered in the, before the foundation of the world. Before the beginning of the creation of the world, God had a plan and it's going along exactly right. We ought to praise God that we're in it. We ought to praise God for the glory of His grace. We ought to praise God for the riches of His grace. We ought to praise God that He thought on us when there was none. An inheritance being predestinated according to me, according to the lot, according to chance, according to the purpose of Him. So let's. I want to read through it, and then I want us to look at it just a word or two at a time. According to the purpose of Him. Now again, I ask you this. Who can work all things after the counsel of His own will? Who can do that? Only God. So we must be talking about God, aren't we? We must be talking about God. In whom? So in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him. The purpose of Him who worketh. So the word purpose, a setting forth, a proposal in advance, a specific purpose, a determination, and really it's this, a laying down in view of others. When you read that, we get a picture and we get a word called showbread. You remember the showbread in the temple? On the temple, there was a little stack of six, six cakes of bread and six cakes of bread. There in the temple, on the table. What was that? Well, that was a showing forth of God's provision. That was a showing forth that God is going to provide. What's God doing in His purpose? In whom, uh, in, in, in whom also we obtained an, an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things. So the purpose, the setting forth. What's God doing? I tell you, God has got this going His way. God is putting this on display, setting forth in advance, laying down in view of God's plan and purpose, God's intent to all who become or became Christians. Can you look backward and see God's laying out? I thought this afternoon... You know how close I was. I was within a day or two. I don't even know if I even ever mentioned it to my mother, but I was within a day or two of joining the Navy to go into their nuclear power program. A day or two. And what happens? I get an offer for a job. My whole life changes through that one working. Think about Joseph. Do you think that Joseph thought God was working when his brothers shut throat him in a pit? Do you think when they come down there and, 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 and those, uh, those, those travelers bought him, took him down to Egypt and sold him as a slave, you think he thought God was working there? Was God purposing? Was God 
laying out in advance. Was God, did God have a specific purpose for Joseph? As we look now, let's look at him just a little more. So he's bought by Potiphar. He's made the man over everything that Potiphar's got. He's the man that makes every decision. Everything is handed over to Joseph. And Potiphar's wife wants to lay with him. Why? Why is Joseph going to prison? Well, he's going to prison because Potiphar's wife lied. He's going to prison for the purpose of God. He's going to prison because some 10 to 15 years later possibly, the butler and the baker are going to be in prison. He's going to interpret their dream and the butler's going to forget about Joseph. But you know, by the workings and the purposes of God, one day Pharaoh's going to have a dream one night. Who's going to interpret the dream? Well, it's going to be Joseph. How is Joseph going to get up to Pharaoh's house? The butler's going to remember what he forgot. He's going to remember that man that interpreted his dream and brought him from the prison and established him back in his in the, uh, being the, uh, the, the butler for the king. Can you see, ladies and gentlemen, that God is working all things after the purpose, after the counsel of His own will, He's working all things. Why? Why in the world did Nebuchadnezzar build a 120-foot statue? Why did he do that? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be cast into the fiery furnace. One likened unto the Son of God would be seen by King Nebuchadnezzar, and the laws would be changed. Can you see that he was working all things? Can you see that the purpose, that the purpose of God, that everything has worked according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will? You see, right now we can't see it. When Joseph was in the pits, when the Midianites sold him down in Egypt, when Potiphar's wife lied, when the butler forgot him, he said, remember me. When it's well with thee, remember me. I shouldn't be here. He wouldn't see the purpose of God right there, was he? He was pretty discouraged, wasn't he? But I one day come and he said this, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. Was God working in the in the brothers? You say, are you saying, preacher, that his brothers did that? God inspired them or instigated that? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that evil was in their heart. I'm saying that wickedness was in them. But in that situation, God was working all things after the counsel of his own will. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. There's two views, folks. We got the low view. God's got the overhead view. You know, I can look out my front window and I can look over on Lower Glady Fork and you know, a pretty steep hill and pretty curvy. And there's, there's a house that's right there. The porch just about sits out over the edge of the road. You know, I can see cars coming up and cars coming down. You know, I wonder as I watch. They don't know a thing about what's going on, but I'm seeing it. From my view, I see both of them. God sees the whole picture, friend. Now listen, God's not reacting to what He sees. God is bringing to pass. What you see are the actions of God. What you see is not God reacting what you're seeing is what God is setting forth on the table. What you're seeing is what God already set on the table. God, what you and I are looking at is what God has already set forth. So the purpose setting forth 
proposal in advance, specific purpose, determination, laying down in the view of others, God's plan, God's purpose, God's intent to all who would become or have become, have become Christians. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 11. What is this? This is His will. You see that? According to the counsel of His own will. Verse number 9. According to the pleasure of Him who hath purposed all things, hath purposed in Himself. This is God's purpose. This is not my purpose. This is not my desire. This is the purpose of God. Look with me. Look with me at uh, uh, three, chapter three and verse eleven. According to the eternal purpose, God's got an eternal purpose. Can you see that? This is not according to your purpose. This is Him and Him alone. God is working. God has no input from me or no input from you. And His purposes are eternal, past and forward. Backward and forward, His purposes are eternal. Can you see that? 3.11, Ephesians 3.11. According to the eternal purpose which He purposed, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, the church, ladies and gentlemen, existed in the mind of God before there was ever a creation. The church is eternal. It didn't begin with me. In the mind of God, it began before the foundation of the world. The purposes of God are in Himself with no input from me or no input from you. And the purposes of God are eternal. Read with me one more time. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, according to, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Can you see why we ought to praise God for His grace? When was grace appointed? When was grace given? Before the foundation of the world. And it wasn't anything that He saw in me. I had no influence on Him. It's as our brother said, why would He love me? There was nothing lovable about me. He loved me because He purposed to love me. That I... What is all of this purpose for? That it might be for the praise of His glory. The praise to His grace. The praise to His wonderful salvation. I'm, I'm, I'm running behind. In whom we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him... Who worketh. Listen to this. Wow, how wonderful. <laughs> worketh. Operative. Accomplish. To energize. To bring forth. From one point to another. Is God working? Who worketh all things? Does He work all things? He's working all things, folks. He's bringing from one point to another. You think about that. From one point to bring forth from one point to another. Effectually. Effectually work to display one's activity. I, I, I just say this. For Joseph and any of you, maybe that's just, just anybody sitting here. If you've seen God, working on some man, some woman, some boy, some girl's heart. If you've seen conviction, if you've seen the color come out of their face, if you've seen that guilt, you know what you are seeing? You are seeing the visible working of God. You are seeing God's working come visible to you. But know this, know this, it's an effectual work. It's a work that brings to pass His purpose. 
It's a work that brings to an end. It's a work that brings to the intended end of what God started out doing. That purpose, that will, that setting forth, that proposal in advance, God is working to bring that to pass. Now is He working all things? He worketh. You know, we're created. We're created and we're not left to ourselves. I tell you how we're created. We're created by an almighty, eternal, infinite, wise God. So we're working according to His purpose. You may create something. And I don't mean literally out of nothing. But you may come up with something. I mean... You know, or you look at your telephone. You know what they're doing all the time? They're redesigning it. They're going to make another one. They're going to make one that's faster, one that's better, one that won't fail, one that the battery don't die so quick, one that the screen's better. They're they're going to redesign it. God does not redesign. You and I have not been redesigned. God's work in you has not been redesigned. He's not going to come up with a new uh, expanded version. He's not going to come up with a new advanced version. There's not going to be a, a XL. There's not going to be a Pro. I tell you, friend, what God created and what God started is absolutely perfect in the wise wisdom and infinite knowledge of God. He created one time and you and I and the rest of humanity and the rest of the world and the rest of the universe are functioning exactly like God purposed. You might say, well, what about all the evil? He's got purpose in that too. And if man dies and goes to hell, I tell you this, he'll be be blamable for it. He'll be the one at fault for it. So listen... We are functioning just exactly like God designed us to function. You know, sometimes, isn't it true? Isn't it true sometimes you've got to turn the car off and disconnect the battery? Isn't it true sometimes you've got to power the computer off and unplug it? Isn't it true that your monitor stove, the, the man says, why don't you unplug it, leave it unplugged for 10 minutes or 5 minutes or 10 seconds and plug it back up? What's it going to do? I tell you, it's not functioning like it's supposed to. We need to reset it and start it over again. God's never started over again. Never. He worketh all things. Who worketh? Who worketh? Philippians chapter 1, listen to these words. Being confident of this very thing, He which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.13 For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do. Of His good pleasure. That word there means His delight, to carry out His delight, His purpose, and His will. It's God who worketh in you. Both to will, to give you a desire, and also to give you the ability. Worketh all things. The creation, the heaven, the earth, humanity... He worketh all things. Listen to this after. You might say, well, that's not, that, that don't mean nothing. After means something. After means this. According to, down from to an end point, <coughs> down from to a terminus, down from to completion, throughout, day by day. God is working all things. God is working all things after the counsel of His own will. He is working all things according to His will day by day, down from to a point of terminus. God is day by day bringing to pass His will and purpose. There's no chance, folks. 
You say, well, life's just like throwing dice. (laughs) No, ma'am, and no, sir, there's no way. No, this God who worketh all things after, after again according to, down from, to an end point, to a terminus, who worketh all things after the counsel. So who did God counsel with? After the counsel of His own will. Who did He counsel with? Nothing outside of Himself. No human input. No counsel. His determinate. He says determinate counsel over in the book of Acts chapter number 2. So here we see this. Who worketh all things after the counsel. So would you say that His counsel is divine? Would you say that when He says, let us that it must be the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. When He worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, it must be His own determination. It must be His resolve, His plan, His determination. And I ask you this, is God changeable? So does God's purpose change? Does God's purpose in creating you... Remember now, He chose us before the foundation of the world. So in His purpose for you, can God change His creation? He's immutable. He can't change. So if He can't change... Then his purpose before the foundation of the world will be accomplished, one. He did not get any input from me. Listen, he doesn't need me. He has no external input. God is the only the only free will, you could call it libertarian free will if you want to, agent, being, in all of the universe. Everything about me is determined by outside circumstances, by influences, by things that are going on, every decision that I ever make is determined by things that are on the outside of me. I am not free to make my own decisions. God is the only one that has ever been free to make His own decision. I am not autonomous. I am not a law unto myself. God is the only one that is autonomous and a law unto His self. You, you trace it back. You trace it back. And you show me one decision that you ever made that was not influenced or not brought about by the surroundings, by the circumstance, by the way you were thinking, by the way you were feeling, by what you were seeing, by outside circumstances. You have never made a free will choice in your life. Only God. Only God. You say, I'm free. I'm free to make all kinds of decisions. Every one of your decisions are influenced. They're everyone influenced. Just another second, we'll hush. Who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So, I'm not going to bring God under any obligation. You hear me? I'll say that again. I am never, ever going to bring God under an obligation. Never. Never. He don't need me. And I do not influence Him. You say, well, I I read in the Bible where they did this and God did that. 
I wonder who inspired them and moved them and stirred them to do what they did. You might say, well, God changed His mind. The Bible says God can't change. The Bible said God does not repent. Now, you're going to have to square that with some other Scriptures that may say God repented. We need to get that in the right context and the right understanding of the Word. God does not repent. God does not go back. God does not change His mind. God is eternal, everlasting, and infinite in wisdom. And ladies and gentlemen, God has never changed His mind nor His purpose. When He created, He created with a purpose. You and I are the enjoyers of the purpose, the grace, and the mercy, and the goodness of God, who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. Of of me, myself, that's what He's saying, my own will, my self-will. I'm not bringing about because of you. I'm I'm not doing anything because of you. I'm using you to accomplish my will. Can you see that? Thank God. You know, I realize this. There's a pile of people sitting here that have...